Should it be considered brave what Bill Murray did in the movie? No, that's just Bill Murray being Bill Murray. But would you please talk about the five other notes you have between the two dentist scenes? Fine. That's James. I'm America. This is City Wave Cinema. And all James apparently wants to talk about is the weird sexualness of Bill Murray. It's uncomfortable to witness. Then why are you so focused on it? To get it out of my mind forever. Right. Because well, once I talk about it on this show, I don't have to think about it ever again. Although you said most of this movie is something you can't unsee from your I head. know. It's imprinted deep within my mind. And I will never be able to vacate it entirely. But I don't have to actively think about it ever again. All right. So what happens between the first dentist scene and the second dentist scene, James? Okay. In between the two dentist scenes, we get the... Most importantly, we get that Audrey talks for the first time. Audrey 2. Yes. As we know from James's previous rants, Audrey 1 has been talking way too much. Oh, far too much. Far too much. Now, Audrey 2 speaks for the first time to Seymour in the shop. Desperate for more blood. Feed me. Uh, who does the voice? What was his name? Uh, Leo Stubbs? Something like that. Something please Stubbs. Hold, please hold, please hold. How did you lose IMDb? You're fired. I went through a lot of things between now and then. Oh, and it's gone. Oh, it has literally refreshed me out of here like ten times. Embarrassing. Stop. It is <sighs> Levi Stubbs. Levi Stubbs. Okay. Levi Stubbs has a killer voice. It's really just good. so good it. to listen to. So much so that I went to see if he had like done anything else, but he has. He's not. a singer. Yeah, but That's his like deal. as far as like voice acting. Yeah. So. Audrey 2 talks and start, you know, you know the lines, feed me Seymour. Talks Shit and like sings. And sings a song. About eating about people. how he needs blood. Well, he doesn't specifically say that he's going to eat people, but he does say that he needs blood. And it and needs to be fresh. Yes, it needs to be fresh. Insinuating that it should be like recently deceased people or live people. So, um... Seymour gets it in his head. He's like, well, I don't have anybody that I could just go kill. Oh, no. And, and he's Seymour, also like, I can't just keep giving you my fingers. Like, I got nothing left to give you. And Seymour goes, sure you do. You mean Audrey, too? Yeah. Their names are irrelevant. The plant. The plant goes, well, sure you do. And right at that moment, you hear... And there's Steve Martin, DDS. Rolls up, commits verbal violence upon a woman, gets her through almost violent but very chaotic and terrible means into the apartment, goes, where's the Vitalis? And she goes, I don't have it, and he... Smacks the shit out of her in this fucking apartment. Which you only see via a silhouette because you can't hit a woman on screen. Uh, 
So, of course, Seymour and Audrey too witnessed this from the shop across the street. And they and then the lighting goes red and Rick Moranis goes, I'm the hero! And he decides that it will be him who dies first and it will be him who feeds the plant. So what does he do? Well, by gosh and golly, he goes to the dentist's office again. But before we get there, it's important to note. Fine, fucking talk about the weird scene. That this is the transformation, albeit a brief one, from Rick Moranis in an SNL sketch. Sketch? It's the second time you've done that. I fucked it up, man. My words are just wrong. To Rick Moranis... As Dexter from Dexter. A murderer of murderers. And I don't hate the heel turn. It's nice. Refreshing, even. So, now he's like, well, I'm gonna go get him. And so he goes to the dentist's office. And in the dentist's office, sitting not unlike I am right now, is Bill Murray, he's in the movie. Surprise, that's weird. He wasn't, like, first listed on the cast list or anything, so, you know, that's that's strange. And he's just sitting on a chair, but, like, perched upon it like a bird of prey. And he is just, like... It's like he's listening to angels while he listens to people scream in pain and torture. I believe... What, is it a sadist or a masochist? Masochist. Masochists like the feeling of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadists like causing pain. A match made in hell. What we have here is a four-minute, five-minute scene where Bill Murray plays the horniest masochist there has ever been, and Steve Martin... I'm not sure. Plays the cruelest sadist there has ever been. And it's fucking weird the whole time. Fucking Bill Murray just spends the whole... Did you get it right? Yeah, I was right. Nice. That means I'm right. And I don't have to apologize for being wrong. Bill Murray just spends the whole time, like, desperate to be hurt. In any possible, any tool that looks painful, he's just like, oh, yeah, give it to me. But the problem with that for a sadist is... That's not fun. Yeah, that's not giving them pleasure because they're not in pain. They're enjoying it. It's not fun if you like it, fucking weirdo. So Steve Martin goes through a whole character crisis Wherein he is trying to torture this poor guy who is just getting off on it. And he gets all the way off on it. Like, it's a whole, I'm spinning and I can't stop. That Bill Murray has an orgasm on screen at the hands of Steve Martin and some violence. And that was not on my... 2022 bingo card. Nor was that on my ever bingo card. Not your 1986 bingo card? Definitely not my 1986 bingo card because in 1986, not only would that scene be considered 
mega gay, but that would be a bad thing because it was 1986. That's when this movie came out. Right now, it's just weird. Because of how deeply into the pain Bill Murray gets. Are you kink shaming right now? It's not his real kink. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And for this moment and this moment only, kink shaming is my kink. Specifically for movies. So don't shame me about that. I, I, I'm right at all times. And I will not hear otherwise. Really? You want to play I the witness again? <sighs> Why'd you bring it up? Because you are not right at all times. I'm right always and you know it. It just, man. The, I, I'll, you know what? I'll say this. This scene might be the only scene where it stops feeling like a stage production and it feels like a movie. And it's like two of the veteran movie actors in the scene. Rick Moranis is also there, but he's kind of like a side character for this bit. It's also the only time these two like, super famous comedic actors will ever act together. That's fine. They probably don't like each other much. Uh, but man alive, was it just a fucking trip. You, I mean, it's one of those, it's like watching a car wreck in slow motion. Like, there's, oh man, the shot where, like, he's got the old-timey foot crank drill, and he's going to town on his tooth, and Bill Murray's, like, hand comes around to oh, grab yeah, his and jacket, it's like... and it's like, oh, you, you look, it feels like you're seeing something that you shouldn't be seeing. I think that's the idea. They did it. It worked. It's fucking upsetting. It's horrible to look at at all times. It's just awful. I hate it with all of my being. How's your poor Christian eyes doing, James? I sundered, sundered. So then he, oh God, fuck, man. The Orin, the dentist, figures out that. Bill Murray's really into it, and he's like, no, get the hell out of here, will you? Get the hell out of here, get the hell out of here, and he I throws him I think he calls him, him like a sicko at one point. Yeah, he does call him a sicko, which is mega ironic. But he, he throws him out of the dentist's office, and he starts to storm off, and then Rick is just like sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? And then he comes back, and he's like, does this tool scare you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, what if I came for your motors? Would it be frightening and terrible? And he's like, yeah. And this is all, he goes back into, he like, settles back into his groove of like, yes, I am the scariest thing that there is. And not that fucking weirdo. And so he drags Rick back, and they go, and he, he's this classic thing of, like, he's met Seymour before, and he doesn't know who Seymour is. It's ha-ha funny. And they, he's gonna go to do the bit to Seymour, but he's only, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna have some laughing gas, ha ah. and he's, so he, he's like, it's such a special occasion, I'm gonna put on my special laughing gas mask, and he puts on a whole, like, apparatus, it's a whole apparatus, that's a good word, it's a whole apparatus, where it's like scuba diver oxygen tanks, but it's nitrous on his back, and it's got a mask, and it's got, like, uh, 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 u
Are you alright? No, I watched this godforsaken movie. Um and it's just he's just basically just cranking nitrous the whole time. And then eventually like Rick pulls a gun on him and he's he starts laughing a lot, so he's breathing it in a lot, and he goes, Oh, I gotta take this off and then he like grabs the crank to turn the gas off and it breaks off in his hand. And then he's like, Oh, I need your help to get it off because I could asphyx it. I could asphyx it. I could asphyx it. And then he dies. He just straight up dies. And in his final moments, he looks at Rick Moranis and he goes, What did I ever do to you? And Rick Moranis goes, Nothing. You didn't do anything to me. It's what you did to her. And he goes, Who? And you're like, ha, ah, fuck you. You're the bad guy. Fuck you. And then he goes, oh, her. And then he dies. And that's the end of the first bad guy of the movie. And you sit there and you're like, well, thank God that's over. But also, Steve Martin is the bad guy? Chef's kiss. Very interesting. Very compelling. I could watch a lot of stuff where Steve Martin is the bad guy. Now I just need to find more things where Steve Martin plays the bad guy. Um, so now, Seymour's hands are clean in this. He never shot the poor motherfucker. He just died of his own idiocy. And so he bags up the corpse, takes it back to his place. He's gonna basically, I think his main goal is to just yeet the corpse of the dentist into Audrey 2's mouth. And then Audrey 2 is like, chop it up. And so he goes, fine. And he drags it back outside, back through a door, up onto a platform, where he then gathers a bunch of newspaper and a fire axe from his apartment because he has a fire axe. And he goes about the process of chopping up the dentist into a bunch of little pieces. So, while he's doing this, the owner of the flower shop comes back at night for no reason. We don't know why he's there, but he's there. And he starts to go in through the back door. But then the lightning crashes, and you see the silhouette of a man with an axe over his head going to do a mighty chop. Ha-cha! And he goes, what could that possibly be? I must investigate further. So he does. He goes to the gate, and he peers through it just enough to get his little eyeballs through. And he looks, and he sees. Aha! It's his employee. And what is he doing? He's got an axe. What is he doing? Oh, no! Ha-cha! He's chopping a man! He's murdering! Oh, no! So he runs away. He disappears into the night through the alleyways. In horror, his own employee, how could he do this? He's such a mild-mannered boy. Terrible, horrible, awful, hate it, love it, hate it. So now, he feeds Seymour. And I believe, I believe, I believe another couple musical numbers happen before the owner once again confronts Seymour about this. But he does confront Seymour about this. And I believe it's... Oh, golly, when is it? Oh, of course, we have to have the suddenly Seymour scene where, ow, he, uh, uh... 
Oh, fuck, I went too hard. <coughs> Christ alive. Um, Jesus. Oh, I'm falling apart at the seams. Uh, he... Seymour sees uh, the cops talking to Audrey, one, uh, about the dentist, and he goes over there and he's like, what about, well, what's going on? You can tell me. And she finally opens up and spills beans about how the dentist has been missing, and the cops don't know what happened, but they suspect foul play. His place was trashed, all this stuff. And uh, he basically woos her with song. And uh boy, it it's uh it's a musical number. It's one of those ones where he goes from having the Seymour voice to singing, and it's a distinct difference between Seymour and Rick Moranis. Like a, a just a noted difference. Uh so then finally he's like back in his he's back in his house. And fucking, he gets confronted by Mushkin, who comes in and he's like, I knew you would go to great lengths to get her, but this, what is this crazy? You killed the man. And he goes, I didn't do that. And then Mushkin pulls a gun on him and goes, tell that to the police. And so he's going to escort him out. And then he changes his mind right as they get to the door. And he's like, what if I don't turn you into the police? And instead, you tell me how to take care of the plant. I get you a one-way ticket out of town, and you lay low for like 30, 40 years. And Rick's like, gosh, you do that for me? Because he's an idiot. And Mushkin's like, yeah. And so Audrey, too, who is in the room, of course, knows what's going on. Because it's an alien with sentience. So he just opens up his big old fucking mouth and waits. And slowly, Rick Moranis backs Mushkin towards the plant. Slowly, slowly, answering questions with almost answers. And then eventually, Mushkin turns around and sees the maw of this giant, awful, horrible creature. And he goes, what the fuck is this? And then it chomps him! And he goes, oh, 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 no! Because, well, Audrey does have teeth. Audrey does not chew. Audrey merely slurps and swallows. Like a Venus flytrap. So, it sucks down the owner of the flower shop and begins the digestion process. And Seymour gets wildly famous really, really fast. It's too fast. And then the end of the movie happens. All at once. It, like, all comes crashing to a halt. He gets wildly famous. Jim Belushi shows up. Uh, him and Audrey have plans to go get married. They make Yes, they do. They make a plan to go get married. And uh, on his way out to escape to her. Audrey, too, threatens him. Mm-hmm. And Audrey finds out about Audrey, too. Because Audrey, too, calls her on the fucking phone. Yeah. And... I don't know what compelled Audrey 1 to look at the flower shop when Audrey 2 went, It's me. I was just bewildered. Why would you look across the street? What? You you hear It's me on the end of the line. You don't know who it is and you hang up. 
It's one of those, huh, I can't suspend my disbelief. That Unless you're doesn't in make Scream. Sense. Yeah. Um, and then... Talk, I fucked up my throat. <laughs> so, uh, <coughs> Audrey confronts Seymour about Audrey 2, because Audrey 2 tries to eat Audrey to stop Seymour from leaving, because, like, Audrey kind of needs Seymour right now. He won't for long, but he does right now. And then this guy comes, and he's like, hey, we want to buy that plant. We're going to take clippings of its leaves, and we're going to make a bunch of little fucking Audrey's. We're going to sell them. They'll be everywhere. It'll be worldwide. It'll be super fit. And, like, that's when all the puzzle pieces kind of smush together for Seymour, is that this alien came to take over the planet, because that's what aliens do. Yeah. Um, and so he, Seymour, like, Seymour's like, no! You'll not get that plan. Nobody's touching that plan. Then he tells Audrey he needs to go kill Audrey too. Because he and so he confronts Audrey too, and he's like, "That's been your plan all along, hasn't it? Little tiny Audrey twos everywhere. You're gonna take over the world. You're gonna eat everybody." And Audrey's like, "Audrey two is like, duh. Like, how did you not pick up on that already?" Right. They have their final song, um, which is not in the original Broadway show, but is a killer number. Love it, killer number. Get it? But um, anyways, um, it's all about how Audrey Two is a mean pl- like a mean plant. It was nominated for an Oscar, and it's the, was the first song to ever be that had profanity in it to be nominated for an Oscar <coughs> for best original song. <coughs> um, they get in a gunfight. Now here's where things diverge. Um. In the original cinematic movie, uh, Seymour tries to shoot Audrey. He's too much of a coward, so Audrey too takes the gun. He shoots, like, makes Seymour dance around. Um, there's, like, this quick back and forth between the two, and then eventually Audrey too collapses the building on Seymour. And by doing this, he knocks an electrical cable loose. Seymour grabs the electrical cable electrocutes Audrey 2, who explodes into a bunch of spores, which comes back later, um, and survives being buried in two, like, two rubble piles, because he was under one, and then he explodes Audrey 2, and the whole entire plant shop is buried under another pile of rubble, and then he basically, uh, he climbs out of the rubble, and then him and Audrey live happily ever after, they get married, they go get their little white picket fence in their house, and then it's alluded to, because in their garden bed you can see a tiny baby Audrey too. That is the original cinematic ending. Now, if you know of the stage show, and or the original ending to the movie that was not approved because test audiences didn't like it, Audrey too. First of all, Seymour shoots Audrey 2 several times. To no effect. To no effect. Audrey 2 takes the gun. They do the whole same song and dance. But instead of Seymour electrocuting Audrey 2, Audrey 2 eats Seymour. And in the original Broadway show, he also eats Audrey, but 
that's a whole other thing. But he eats Seymour and he takes over the fucking world. Because, uh, well, guess what happens? Seymour's not there to stop the plant guy from coming and getting the plant clippings. So they make a bunch of fucking Audrey 2s. And Audrey 2 just basically gets in every house, everywhere, and Ugh. consumes everyone. and becomes giant plants taking over the world Godzilla style. Crashing down buildings. Uh opening its mouth to eat a whole railway car. Like, it just fucking takes over the entire world, which is how the original stage play ends. Um, apparently, in this carnivorous plant movie about murdering people, that was too awful for some sensible audiences. So they cut that for the happy, happily ever after ending. I'm not sh- I, I'm not sure which I like better i definitely like the take i'm gonna i'm not i'm lying i like the take the world take over the world ending better but i do like the little cinematic reference that like audrey 2 still exists in seymour's life yeah Be, like because of the spores exploded and so there's an audrey 2 in his garden and that's kind of i'd, I'd like to see how that plays out because like once the plants take over the world like that's that's kind of it unless you go into like this planet of the apes situation like the few humans left like fight but yeah that's little shop of horrors yeah yeah i mean it's just how did which ending did you like more (coughs) i think i prefer the ending where everyone dies because it would be a final dose of sense happening in a nonsense world. Because it totally makes sense. Yeah. Of course that's what would happen. The ending where they live happily ever after and there's one little baby Audrey 2 left is like, that doesn't make sense. But also that Audrey 2 will just die. Yeah, because it's not going to eat anything. And no Seymour's gonna, not going to feed it. Seymour's not going to feed it. It's going to die of blood, right? Of blood neglect right fucking there. So it's like there's no threat or harm that will become of that. Fair. And it only eats human blood. So even if it like nipped at a dog, it wouldn't get nothing. I wonder if it could be like a like a Twilight vampire, like the Colons and like... Just be a vegetarian. animal blood for a little bit. And like, well, I mean, it very specifically says it only takes human blood. Yeah. So, no. By canon, it cannot. Fair. Um, yeah, I prefer the ending that didn't test well with audiences, but that's because I think this movie sucks. Uh, my rating out of 10, 3 for production value. Uh, super well done production value. Looks great. Uh, you can tell they spent money on it. Uh, also, also Steve- their entire budget went to that alternate ending, the original ending, like with all the special effects. How much did they spend on that shit? No, I'm just saying, like, because I look at that movie and I go, "This is not a twenty-five million dollar movie." And then no, I see the uh, alternate ending, which I didn't know about until tonight, because I only knew, I just thought the stage production of the movie had different endings, but I didn't know that there was an original ending filmed. Is there a cinema sense for it? There is not. Tragedy. Um, 
But, like, the original ending has so much special effects and stuff that I'm like, well, there's all your money. I found it. I found out where it went. It's over there. Yeah, right. In the ending, I didn't get to see. So, it's... It's... I don't know how you can have a whole entire... I don't know how you can have Rocky Horror Picture Show come out. But the plant taking over the world is where we draw the line. Yeah. Like... Like that that's not the weird masochistic scene. That's that's not where we draw the line. No. No, we're gonna get rid of the ending where the plant takes over the world. Scary. Scary. Did not like. The MPAA makes no fucking sense. We should make a movie about the MPAA. See what the MPAA rates it. Like do you think we could satirize them enough that they would not recognize it as satire? Yes, because they're stupid. Like when, uh, like when South Park makes fun of a people group, but it's like not bad enough to be actually making fun of them. Yes, because they're stupid. Yeah, let's stupid get, people let's don't understand satire. Let's get Matt and Trey. Let's go back to Colorado. Get Matt and Trey and get on this. And then it'll be easy to find. They're trying to rework Casa Bonita right now. Easy peasy. Up to Denver. Let's go. <laughs> Quick trip. Don't eat the nachos. Hey, they got a five-star chef now. All right, you can eat the nachos. You can actually eat a Casabonita if it ever fucking opens again. They might even do the jumps. Um, Three out of ten. Uh, I would not recommend people watch it, but if you do watch it, I will tell you in advance that it looks like a play and not like a movie. What would you give it story-wise? Like, because you said you might like it if it's a stage production. So what would you give it, like, just on a story basis? That's really hard for me to judge. That's really hard for me to judge. Because it's like, I think it's, it's another one of those issues of the medium for me. Like, telling that story on stage, I'd probably jump it up higher to, like, more like a seven, probably. But... It's just, it wants you to suspend your disbelief, but also not suspend your disbelief. And it's just, it's bad. It's just bad. I would not recommend anyone go watch it, but also I would because I want you to suffer with me. I also think, um, I don't know, it's a cultural thing. Like, that's there's been references to Little Shop of Horrors across media since Little Shop came out. I know we just talked about this with with Titanic, but I feel like it's a similar instance here of, like, it's almost like you should watch it just so you can know what everybody's talking about. I would like to know what references are made to it in pop culture that I would know about. Um, well, rift for a second while I Google, and I'll show you. <sighs> Redeeming factors, Steve Martin's performance, um, Rick Moranis just exists to be Rick Moranis in the movie, and that's great, it's good, it's fine. Um, I would never in a million years allow that voice of Audrey to be the voice of Audrey. It's gotta be different. It's gotta be, there's gotta be some semblance of something that is not terrible, and it's, that's where I would start. Is just, it can't be this open mouth, super high pitched chalkboard nails bullshit. 
That's terrible. I cannot abide by it. Um. <clears throat> what did you do to your voice? What I just talked too much, and it it hurt. <clears throat> it hurts. Um. Shit, man. I I I really blew my load on that first episode, going absolutely bananas. Well, this is a cool feature of IMDb. What? It shows you connections to the movie that you're googling. Oh, interesting. So there, uh, there was a TV show, a cartoon made about it. Um, then there was apparently a reference to it in, uh, Muppet Babies, Hercules, Austin Powers, Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales? The rumor weed oh, parody is the singing weed? plant Audrey 2 from the earlier film. Holy shit. Um, not another teen movie. Robot Chicken. A Family Guy multiple times. Uh, multiple times. American Dad multiple times. Um, The Simpsons. That makes sense. John Mulaney, multiple times. Um, then it also references other things, so now I'm trying to like divulge that. Oh, I also, I, I gotta say, Levi Stubbs absolutely crushes it. And Levi Stubbs does do uh, R&B. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That makes sense. Batman. Uh, this is because, the Batman reference is because the tools used by the dentist would be the same props later used by the Joker's plastic surgeon in the 1989 Batman. Fat. Well, that's Warner Brothers. Reuse what you got. John Candy, Christopher Guest, Bill Murray, all guest starring. That's fucking awesome. Hocus Pocus. Oh, Miriam Margulies is in it. Dude, she's great. She was the nurse in the dentist's office. Uh, Friends. Friends? Yeah. The Simpsons. I said that one. Um... Aladdin, the TV show. Or no, sorry, the video game. And the video game? What the fuck? Uh, South Park. Um, where the actual Audrey 2 is one of the uh, villains attacking Imagination Land. Lots of things, James. Phineas and Ferb. What? Um, there's Venus flytraps in the jungle where Bob and Tiana are running through. I don't know what that means, but there you go. Despicable Me. Uh, this is also a movie from 1960. Yes, there was an original movie. Wow, there's so much shit 
H.G. Wells stole it too. Oh no, H.G. Wells inspired part of the thing that inspired. Eh, there's so much shit. There's so much shit. There's a TV show, uh, the Littlest Pet Shop TV show has an episode called Littlest Pet Shop of Horrors. And I don't know how I feel about any of those things together. I... I Ghostbusters 2. Of course it was referencing Ghostbusters 2. You can't have Rick Moranis be another shit. Jumanji... So I've literally just, like, never seen... Bob's Burgers, DuckTales, The Amazing World of Gumball. Do you want me to keep going here? No, it's just clear to me that I've never seen... Well, here's the thing. Honey, I shrunk the the kids. The things understood. Oh, I never saw that either. Have you never fucking seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? I've never seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's an episode for a different time. What do you mean? How do you? How have I never seen that? That's a staple classic. I don't see staple classics. We know this. Name another classic movie that I haven't already made you watch. Yeah. Well, I, I made you watch The Goonies. Yup. Which you'd never seen, which no. blows my mind. Did you watch Jumanji, the original Jumanji? No, I made you, you know watch what, that too. You know what I still haven't seen? What? Sandlot. Yeah. I, I, it's in league with those movies. I know, as and I recognize classics. it that it's an eternal classic. But like, if I'm gonna pick one to fucking watch, it's not gonna be the fucking Sandlot. But I, I'll, I'll argue for it for the same reasons I argue for all those other ones. Like, even if you don't like the movie, you need to see it at least once just so you can say that you've seen it and know what everyone like know where the references come from. Like, I've seen Little Rascals. That's important. Um, I've seen Little Rascals a couple times. But yeah, I think there's just some of these like older movies where they are because art influences art and like people borrow things and stuff. And so to get those references and understand it's just like the Titanic. Like, I think there's so much that uses this material that if you haven't seen the originals, you're just missing out on a chunk of it, like on a chunk of pop culture history. I'm missing out on a lot of chunks of pop culture. Well, see, now you're going to like watch stuff and be like, oh, fuck, that's referencing Little Shop of Horrors. Because now you know. Probably. Alright, everybody. It's not as long of an episode, but we are all done. We've... I'm burnt out. Gone on so many tangents tonight. I don't have any more. Um, We will see you next time for our last Halloween movie this year, which will be Haunted Mansion, the Eddie Murphy one, which is absolute hot trash garbage. Which I won't say about this movie, but I will say about that one. Bye. Haunted Mansion? Yes. It's bad. 2003? Yep, and it should feel bad. It's a 5.1. Terrence Stamp is in it. And this was a 9. This was a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes. Goodbye.